Man, oh man, the news doesn't stop out of Columbus, apparently. The news also doesn't stop for the Cleveland Browns as we got news of a couple coaching changes this uh, earlier in the week. And it's been a frenzy ever since trying to figure out what's going to happen, how they're going to approach this thing, what new people could be coming to the staff. And to break it all down with us, we go out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. He is Chris Easterling. Chris, I miss seeing your face uh, three or four times a week, man, but I'm happy to have you on the air with me. What's going on? I, I am uh, I'm doing well. Uh, just uh, examining uh, on Zillow, examining real estate prices and uh Southern California, but other than that, uh, not too much. You're trying to move. <laughs> Look outside your window, Spencer. <laughs> Today was the day. You were like, you were like, today's the day. I'm convinced. Enough snow. I got to get out of here. It did it for you. <laughs> Look, I would have, I would absolutely have loved to be covering a division around playoff game. I want to say that up front before Browns fans come after me when I say the next part. I was not looking forward to driving to either Baltimore or Buffalo in this. <laughs> I oh, hate man. Snow. I'm a born and bred Ohioan, but I have, this is the stuff I have never, I have never taken a liking to since I stopped building snow castles and snow forts. Uh, in my backyard. I'm the same. It's funny. I'm the same way, and I've pretty much grown up in both those places you named. Like if if the if the I I've, I'm from Western New York. Spent like sixth grade through high school there. Um, I covered the Bills for a period of time, so I was driving back and forth to Buffalo. So I've seen that weather that they were dealing with last week, and I've seen the weather here. And you're right. I'm the same way. Where I'm like, I could live without this. Um, but I I continue to just find myself in northern cities. I don't know why. Uh, you know, uh, we think it's bad here. I, I, uh, I have a one of my best friends, uh, childhood friends. His, uh, his mom and dad were from. Uh, they were from Hamburg, actually. Uh, okay. Right outside Buffalo. Yeah. And I asked. I would regularly ask him, "What type of winter hellscape is that up there? And how do you survive up there? I mean, what? what I'm, I'm sure it's beautiful up there in the summer." It but is. you can't convince me you get used to that crap. <laughs> You're yeah, I don't think you do. Like if you live in Buffalo, especially south of Buffalo, I don't think there's getting used to that. It, you, you just kind of uh, I mean, I and on one hand it's like any place that has weather, like oh, we got tornadoes in, you know, Kentucky and Kansas and all these places. You got hurricanes down south and uh, along the along the oceans and you just kind of live with it, but man oh man, like I'm with you. We are we are in the same boat on this 100. Chris Chris Easterling joining us on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Chris, we obviously got the news this week about the coaching changes to the uh, offensive side of the ball in particular that are being made this off season. Most notably, Alex Van Pelt, offensive coordinator, being moved on from. From your perspective, because we had Albert Breer on afternoon drive yesterday, and he kind of mentioned that. He doesn't think this was just Kevin Stefanski alone making these decisions. He thinks there's maybe some of the power structure that be from above who are saying, hey, we need to get some people in here with a different perspective to help Deshaun. Do you feel like these moves were more so Kevin Stefanski, or do you feel like what, what Breer kind of alluded to with it being a, a groupthink idea and some of the, the powers that be above Stefanski also uh, had a big hand in this? I think it's a little of both. And I'll... How about this? This is a sign, I think, sometimes of a healthy organization. What was? Do we think the Baltimore Ravens are a healthy organization? Yes, 
I would, I would think most people would say yes. They fired their offensive coordinator last year because they felt like we have this player at quarterback that we're not getting the most out of. We want to, we want to maximize what we have with this player. And they went out, they fired a, a solid, well-respected NFL offensive coordinator, Greg Roman. They went out and they rolled the dice on Todd Munkin and look what it's paid off in. And, yeah. you know, Pittsburgh has done this. Pittsburgh does this, has done this for decades. I mean, the, the, toward the end of Cowers tenure, when they started to really get good, you know, get back to being the Steelers, you know, you know, going deep in playoffs and all that stuff. Even Tomlin, I mean, this year maybe notwithstanding, but even this year, you know, you self-assess and you go, how can we, how could, you know, how can we maximize what we've got? And look, winning in the NFLs, it's often in the margins. And the margins can be as simple as, yeah, we have a really good offensive coordinator. We have somebody we're very comfortable with offense as, as our OC, as this, as that. But we feel like we can get better. I mean, we saw it with their defense and their special teams this year. Yeah. Now, that's a little bit different situation, but there is no question that the change in defensive coordinator and the change in special teams a year ago paid massive dividends and helped this team get to the playoffs. What is to say that, look, they're all they're pot committed to Deshaun Watson. I mean, it is what it is. So how are we going to take this, this asset and we're going to make the most of it? How are we going to use this window? Because, look, everybody is getting older in that building. Yeah. It's not it's not it's not 2019-2020 where this is a the, one of the youngest rosters in the league. It's going to be one of the older rosters in the league uh next season. The window with this particular group before you really start to have to ask serious personnel questions, you know, you're you're on the, you know, you're if you're not at the the apex of it, you're you're you're, you're getting close to it, so you have to maximize it. So go out and find somebody who's going to mag- who can maximize it. So my follow-up question to that is because we've talked about this throughout the week on the station. Does this decision, when they find their next offensive coordinator, does it end with Kevin Stefanski relinquishing play calling duties, or do you think that will ultimately still stay with him? I go back and forth with this. I don't. I think Kevin Stefanski is a very good play caller. I think he's a in. in I think in some ways he's an underrated play caller. Yeah. I think in this market we've—it's uh, just people. As you, I mean, you—I mean, you take calls regularly from the, from the fans and the fan base, and they—you know—people get entrenched in their positions, and it, it, it takes something, nothing short of uh, moving mountains uh, to make them change. So they're just never going to give Kevin that benefit of the doubt. I thought he had a a very good year calling plays this year. But I think he, I mean, he admitted, I, I think I saw Keith uh, Britton tweet out a comment he made last year on your guys' station about, look, it takes a lot out of you yes. on top of everything else you do. So I, I think if if he relinquished the play calling duties next year, and, but was still involved, you know, I think he's got expertise, but if he's still involved, but says, hey, look, I trust you 
to do this because I'm comfortable enough in my own skin as a head coach now, potentially with two playoff appearances, a coach, two coach of the year possibilities. I will let you have that. I think it could benefit the whole the whole org- the whole organization because maybe it allows Kevin to to maybe better better you know work on some of the areas where he still maybe isn't quite as good as in, in, in that head coaching role. So uh, the long long answer to a uh, get to <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if it uh, maybe that is. Maybe that's part of all part of the self reflection that all these teams go through when you get to the you know when you your season comes to an abrupt end is you know this part of the self assessment is this is it's time this I need to have another I need somebody else in that specific role. Talking with Chris Easterling, Akron Beacon Journal. You can follow him at C Easterling ABJ on social media on X rather. Um, I'm going to give you – well, actually, let me do this one first. How likely is it you think that Nick Chubb becomes actually becomes a cash cap, a cap casualty this year? He is one of the players that gives you the most money that you would save if that happened, but we know the ties and the, the fan uh, – uh, how much he means to this team, but also the fan base as well. That would be – that would be as – it would be a cold, ruthless move. Yeah, which means it's absolutely a move <laughs> you have to consider because look, you you're trying to win, and you're again you you're going to need to add pieces. You're probably not just not just through you know draft. You're going to need to add veteran pieces that can can help this team, and you're going to need cap space to do it. <sighs> TBD. Uh, how about that cop out? <laughs> I, I just. We're gonna now. I we're gonna have to circle. That. We're gonna I have to talk. That. We're gonna I have to do that. this again. Then we're gonna have to have you back when you have a better feel for it. If you're gonna be on the well, fence, I, I mean, I want to. I want to hear what Andrew has yeah, to say. That's He's fair. To speak on Monday. That's fair. I, I want to. It, it, it's been this thing that's sort of hung over. This isn't. This isn't. I'm going to invoke a name that is. I'm going to invoke a big name in Northeast. It's as close to Bernie yeah. as you can get in terms of cutting a Cleveland Browns player. It's probably true. Now, I, I, now I'm, I'm not – I mean, obviously the circumstances – he's clearly hurt. He's clearly coming off of massive knee and massive knee surgery, all of that. So the circumstances are different. But in terms of franchise – beloved franchise icon. Guy who was a good, loyal soldier for this franchise, who represented all of the best things on the field uh, and off and off of it for this team. Nick Chubb is as close as you get to Bernie, and that's an awfully tough move to yeah. make. Yeah. It's easy to look at it in black and white on a, on a uh, on a spreadsheet. But you know, I do think you know there is emotion that will come into play here. That's why I'm I'm I, I, I hesitate to say definitively they would make the move, even though it would absolutely make yeah. financial sense in terms of what it does to create cap space, 
to help the 2024 Cleveland Browns become, you know, potentially not just get back to the playoffs, but advance deep into the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I, you're 100% right in your assessment. I'll let it, I'll, I'll let, I'll allow it this time, but we'll have to revisit this conversation on the line. I'm going to get you out of here with this, Chris. I'm going to give you, I'm going to rattle off five names here, free agents off this bronze roster. All you have to do is tell me whether or not they're going to be back or not back. I'll start with Zadarius Smith, back or not back. No. Wow. Uh, I, I just, I, I think, I, I, I agree with a, a lot of colleagues who also said this. I think they got what they got, what they needed. Zadarius again, another. He was a good soldier this year. He didn't rock the boat, but they learned their lesson from Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, take what you can get, cut bait when you can. Uh, Mo Hurst. Depends on the price. Okay, and yeah, and, he's... and if he does come back, I think it's something that we see closer to. It's later. It's later in the process. Sione Taki Taki. Yes, I think. I think you need somebody in that room beyond JOK next yeah. year. Uh, and and Sione, you know, he he can play linebacker. He's a solid linebacker. He's. I think he's one of the voices in that room that's that's respected in the locker room is respected. Yes. Two more. Anthony Walker Jr. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Unfortunately, I, I just the the injuries. I just think the injuries are 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 are, are the issue yeah. there. Yeah, and you know you 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 already know what the last was going to be. Joe Flacco. <laughs> no. Hmm. I I agree. I don't I don't think I think for the psyche of Deshaun Watson, I think you you risk too much keeping him in that room with him. I I don't know. I don't I don't think it ends up happening. Chris, I uh, I appreciate your time. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at. See Easterling ABJ. Um, read his work, of course, at the Akron Beacon Journal. Always appreciate the conversation, my friend. I will hopefully catch you soon. Thanks again for joining us.